Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the retirement and tax playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on the Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan which is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you may be asking yourself, how can I get that, Marcus? Well, you can get that by simply going to warrenwealth.net. You go to that site, put in your information, And that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge, by the way, via USPS to your front door. Once again, go to warrenwealth.net. That is warrenwealth.net. Now, on to the show. Now, so um, here we are. It's January 9th. It's 2022. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, we, uh, we did our rewind show last week. And here we are <clears throat> about to do the re-forward show today. That's not even a word. The re-forward. But we're going to do a okay. prediction show for 2022. Right. So we looked back in 2021 last year, or last show, and today we're going to look forward to 2022. So let's do this. I got a lot of predictions. I know okay. you may have a few. Yes. But let's get on to some Money Matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. All right. So, all right. 2022 is what I'm going to call a transition towards normalcy. And so what do I mean by that? Basically, I mean that it's been a long time where we've used the words unprecedented um, more than its fair share to uh, talk about the narrative of 2020, heck, and even 2021. And so now we're looking ahead to move forward into 2022, and um, I'm hoping that uh, the outlook is 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 pretty rosy, but it really hasn't started that way because of uh, something called a variant. Speaking of a variant, speaking of um, um, pandemics, mm-hmm. let's uh, predict what we see moving forward into 2022 along with the pandemic. How about that? Are you scared? You're scared, aren't you? Yes. Ooh, yes. All right. So, <clears throat> really, this. I was um, trying to look into my crystal ball. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the fast-moving uh, Omicron variant really is proving to be uh, the biggest. Uh, really, I want to say the near-term wild card here, um, and I really think that the early part of 2022 that will likely see another slowdown as far as economic growth moving forward. Um, you know, I think that um, you know early indications. You know, keep our fingers crossed. That, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not as um, harsh, so to speak. Severe, of, right. A lot of mild symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, even now with uh, even Delta before that and all the other ones that were positioned a lot better because, number one, there's... Um, there's vaccines. Vaccines, there's boosters. Uh, Pfizer has some pills coming out, so forth or so on, mm-hmm. treatments. And so I think that moving forward in regards to the pandemic that, you know, it's going to, uh, we're going to be in a a lot better spot, you know, kind of moving forward and I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I think we're going to be fine. What do you think lady? Yeah, I, I, of course we're going to be fine. Um, I, I don't, I think most companies are going to try to avoid a shutdown as much as possible. We've seen airlines cancel a lot of flights, Yes, which isn't a shutdown, but it's definitely a slowdown. It is a slowdown. Yes. And I think a lot of that had to do with employees catching. We've had clients. Yes. 
with uh, who had cruises booked and they've canceled, canceled cruises. Yeah, sev- yes, I know several. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, definitely a slowdown. But if you, you know, the CDC just recently reduced the isolation time if you do test positive, which I think should help prevent some of that labor shortage that results with people who are just sitting at home when they don't really have any symptoms and they right. aren't really sick. Um, so maybe, you know, that'll prompt a right. faster return to work and maybe not make the stoppage as bad as it, we've, we saw in 2020. And yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think we'll see a shutdown, but I think a slowdown the early part of 2020, um, slow down early part of 2022. Um, and then we'll, we'll go from there. I think uh, things will work itself out in regards to the, uh, um, the pandemic, things of that nature. So let's move on and let's talk about, um, let's talk about the housing market. So in 2021, we saw the housing market blow up. The, um, <clears throat> the medium, median price for an existing home was about $354,000, which was an increase of about 14%. Um, you know, and the prospects for really higher interest rates, I think that's going to act as a break on, on home prices moving forward. Um, because, you know, paying more to service mortgages is going to leave home buyers with less money uh, for payments each month. Um, and so this is what I predict. All right. I think real estate activity is going to spike in the first half of the year as buyers and sellers, they both scramble to close deals before the Fed jacks up these interest mm-hmm. rates. Um, and so I think uh, home prices will cool the latter part of this year. Any thoughts? That's a good, uh, that's a good prediction. Um, I actually looked at what Zillow um, and the National Association of Realtors forecasted for 2022, and it was kind of opposite. They were on opposite ends of the spectrum. Hmm. So the National Association of Realtors was a little hmm. more conservative in their um, forecasts with price gains um, and um, uh, home growth or home buying growth. Yeah. And then Zillow was a little bit more aggressive, saying they think price home values are going to increase by double digits again in 2022, and really? that there's going to be. Uh, tight supply still and a lot of demand. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll um, at least my prediction. And, and, and the bottom line, first of all, I, I never gave my disclaimer. I should have gave my disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I don't have a crystal ball, people. I, I do. don't know what's going on. I do. Yeah, yeah but you're just broken, too. Oh, you're just, okay. I, I look, I'm looking over there. It's all cracked. Oh, man. I don't have a crystal ball. Um, and so these predictions, take it with a grain of salt. You know, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can over here, just like everybody else who has these prediction shows and stuff. They're just doing the best they can. Most of them are wrong. But you have to have an idea or some sort of outlook of what you think is going to happen moving forward. And that is what we are doing. So there's a disclaimer. One thing's one thing with regards to the housing market that I think um, is going to play out again in 2022 is that uh, more people will trend towards renting versus buying, especially Ooh. as home prices continue to increase and the amount that you need for a down payment continues to increase. I think you'll see uh, new families renting versus buying more so than that is a great uh, great point because uh, renters. <coughs> my prediction for renters for 2022 is that. They aren't going to get any kind of relief yet because rents are increasing at double digits. And, um, you know, I think it's for uh, several different reasons. Um, one is the end of the mortgage f- uh, forbearance for, mm-hmm. yes. for homeowners. It's going to cause people to have to sell their homes and they're going to have to rent instead. Um, and really, as the pandemic subsides, more people are going to choose to go back to the cities mm. where it's more common mm-hmm. to rent. Yeah. And heck, here where we are, there are, you know, apartments and things going up all the time mm-hmm. and people are actually renting them out, I would suppose, because they keep, keep on building. Keep popping up, I know, yes. And so, yeah, my prediction for rents is that they will continue to increase, which is good for multifamily housing. And I agree with you. All right, let's move on right. to uh, my prediction about the labor market. All right, so really it wouldn't be an exaggeration to label... 2021 as the year of the worker, right? I need more sound effects. I think I need a, like, like some bigger soundboard, um, bigger soundboard, something that, uh, you know, for when I hit the workers, like the whistle while you work theme could be playing whistle while you work. <laughs> anyway. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think for, for the labor market that the new year is it, really likely to, to reflect more of the same. I, I think at least in the, in, in the, uh, the first part longer term <clears throat> toward the end of 2022, I think we're going to see continue to see 
um, uh, labor shortages um, in the front half. Longer term, I think it's going to slow down. Um, I think more people are going to think, hey, I need to probably bring in some income. I've had these savings that uh, we, we piled up in 2020 and 2021, and now <clears throat> those savings are dwindling, so I need to get back uh, to work. Um, when you say year of the worker, you're talking about the fact that there is a labor shortage, right? Yes, yes. So the, yes jobs the, are in demand. Jobs are in demand. Uh, salaries are going or up. Wages are, are going demand, up. Yes. Workers are in demand. Mm-hmm. The labor shortage <clears throat> is going to continue, I think, for the first part of this year. But then I think eventually, like I said, their, their savings are going to dwindle a little bit and they're going to have to take you know some of these jobs. But the good news is that they're good paying jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. I saw a fast food place that's, you know, paying about 15 you know, plus dollars an hour. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's something that you. No, no, but you I mean, haven't seen in but ever. It, inflation has gone up too. Right. But inflation has gone up 6%, um, you know, in wages and really inflation has gone up. Actually inflation has relatively, relatively flat for the last uh, 10 years or so. Um, um, and wages have been relatively flat, even but even when uh, inflation was going up, wages stayed flat. flat. Right. Yes. And now finally, because it's the year of the worker, because there's labor shortages and employers are, are like, hey, we need these people to come in. Mm-hmm. We got to do something. Yes. You're seeing them um, say, hey, let me start to increase these salaries, increase these wages, give these bonuses, things of that nature. And I think that, um, you know, we'll we'll still see. Uh, we'll still have well, we'll still feel some of the effects of the uh, of a labor shortage early on, but I think eventually by the end of the year, things will uh, get back to normal. We'll, Remember the year mm-hmm. of normalcy. Yeah, that's, that's what right. we want. That's right. Yes. Um. Yeah. I I, I see what you're saying. Um. And then when we th- talk about labor shortages, it's it's um, specific industries too that are that are seeing those trends versus more so than other industries. For example, healthcare. Uh, restaurants, hospitality, service industries, yes. yep, service right. industries are seeing, you know, that labor shortage where restaurant workers are tired of getting the low wages and maybe not getting as many tips. And so they're moving yeah. into other industries, um, th- therefore, or yeah. thus the lab- labor shortage. What yeah. about, what do you think about work from home? Um, I, I think that, you know, work from home will work, um, <laughs> will work. Hey. I think, you know, w- working from home, you know, that's, that's going to help. With the labor shortage, I think, you know, giving people the option of you don't have to come into the office nine to five. Yeah. Get up in, you know, commute, you know, 30 minutes, an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, I think giving them the option that, hey, two or three days you can stay in your, yeah, stay in your pajamas, stay in your drawers and uh, uh, answer calls from from home or work from home. I think that's going to be attractive to people. Yeah. Um, From the employee's standpoint. Yeah, but um, really the, the, the only thing about work from home, and I know we're running short on time, is the fact that it just it doesn't help with, with upward mobility. Yeah. Like if you want a promotion, you have to there's proximity. Yes. When you're right next to the boss, where the boss can see you, where there's those conversations that happen on the chit-chat. side. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it it really helps. And without that, it's tough. So yes, but the labor shortage is going to continue. Work from home. It will help with that. And we'll see what happens. All right, coming up next, we're gonna talk about more predictions 2022. You're listening. To the Marcus Warren Show. Okay, a little. Um, this is a little Dave Matthews here. What you know about Dave Matthews? Not a thing. <laughs> so um, this is um, ants marching. Okay song came out in 1993. All right. Um, number 21. All right. In the U.S. Nice. So, well, it was top 40 top, hit. Top 25. Yeah, top 25 <laughs> hit. Yes, right. Um, what about UK? Anything? No, no. Oh. I think I think Dave, Dave Matthews, you know, he's kind of polarizing for people. Okay. They don't... Uh, Either like him or don't like him? Yeah, pretty hmm. much. And I'm... Um, okay. Yeah, I'm on well, the, hey, f- fun I'm, fact. I'm on one of those ends. He's yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, he was born in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Yes, did I, you know that? I did know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he won a bunch of awards. And why are we playing this song anyway? Oh, it's his birthday today. Ah, okay, that's why I had to think because we wouldn't play this on under our own volition, by the way. Anyway, happy birthday, Dave Matthews. Yeah, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember. 
that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net and uh, that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. And what is it? Well, it is a packet that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You gots to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. All right, let's get into uh, more of these predictions. So we um, talked about the pandemic a little bit. We talked about uh, the housing market. And then we also talked about the labor market. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about um, inflation and our predictions for inflation moving forward. And so, you know, inflation <coughs> question, really, it, it, it's, it's paramount to me because it, you know, really touches, you know, so many facets of the uh, economic landscape. Um, you have, you know, federal, uh, federal reserve policy uh, and interest rates, um, you know, that are paid by borrowers, you know, as well as, you know, savers when interest rates or inflation, um, I'm sorry, as well as, as prices on goods and services as inflation uh, goes up. Um, so it affects uh, pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would argue that what we're seeing right now with inflation is a combination of two things. Number one, really, it's a perfect storm. You got high demand yes. for goods and services, um, really, I would say mostly triggered by the service sector shutdowns, mm-hmm. um, you know, yes. back in the day, uh, back in the day, back in like the day last ago. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by, um, uh, you know, this um, fiscal policy mm-hmm. uh, that gave a lot of people a lot of money. That's right. Over the course of the last couple of years. And so you have this. Oh, and then in, in addition to that, mm-hmm. a global supply chain shortage. That's right. So you had sector shut down. You had a supply chain shortage. But then you had a flood of cash going to a lot of households. And all of a sudden, what? The demand for things just spiked mm-hmm. up. And just right as the supply of things basically went down. And the question is, will inflation continue? Because it was a, right around 6.2% this year. What do you think, ma'am? By the way, this was a good year for companies because everybody had an excuse to raise prices, right? And even if, they, <laughs> even, even if it wasn't an excuse, even if it was legitimately because they did have supply chain issues, but everybody was raising prices. You know, you, right. you talk about your chicken wings, first of all, well, not being able to find them, and then the, the price of... Chicken, uh, chicken going, going up. up. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think another good example is I was recently helping uh, one of our clients apply for Medicare mm-hmm. and was noticed that Medicare Part B premiums increased to $170 a month for 2022 okay, versus $148 last year, oh, $148 wow. a month last year. And of course, they're higher for those who, whose incomes are a little bit higher, but that's a 15% increase in th- mm. the cost of Medicare premiums. And how much did they get as their cost of living adjustment in their Social Security benefits? About, well, it's like 6%. CPI, so yeah, 6%. Yeah. What, what mm-hmm. the inflation rate goes up. Right. Yeah, so, you know, healthcare always increases a lot higher. Twi- like twice the rate as inflation does. That's why when you retire, you know, we talk about inflation just in general. Hey, inflation at, at averages about 3.5% or so. When really what matters to retirees a lot of times is healthcare. And healthcare generally is double yes. the price of uh, just regular inflation. And so that's mm-hmm. basically what you're seeing yeah. is, is the fact that um, it was, what, 6%? And, cost of living. Mm-hmm. And uh, 6% cost of living, mm-hmm. 6% inflation. Um, Social Security, mm-hmm. 6% inflation. And now 15% in healthcare costs. Healthcare costs. Exactly. So yes. my prediction for inflation for 2022 is I think it's going to continue to be just as high as it was last year. Yeah. Now, why is that? Um, and let me do this real quick. Let, let me um, get a little technical, but I'm going to try to break it down as, as, as simple as possible. So, um, you know, most, most accountants are familiar with FIFO. FIFO, yes, right? First, first in, first out, out accounting. Yep. And so <clears throat> it's like this. So if we take a, a simple business, like a, um, a chair manufacturing business. Okay. And say you had an inventory right now with 500 chairs. All right. They're in your warehouse, mm-hmm. and those chairs are already built. Yes. 
Now, say the price of lumber, because of inflation, lumber goes up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, it, of course, it has. So the new chairs that you're going to build are going to, be, going to be more expensive. More expensive. But that price will not kick in until you, sold, until you sell the old chairs. The right? Because they 500. were built mm-hmm. with the cheaper lumber. Yes. So what's going to happen with that firm is that when they sell that 501st chair, that's going to cost them more. So in order to keep the same amount of money... Um, they're going to have to charge their customers more. A little higher. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lag time in the system between what someone's cost have been and when they need to start charging for the increase in their costs, right? Yes. And so that's why I think that inflation has gone up for 2021, but I think that it's going to continue through 2022 because of what I just uh, talked about. Yes. And then, go ahead. I was just going to say that there, there's a, there's, it's a lagging indicator, basically, or there's a lag in when things finally catch up to... Yeah. You said it perfectly, a lagging indicator. And then, of course, there's just the uh, customers. And then, then, of course, it's just customers who are expecting higher prices because they hear of inflation so much. And so some companies, like you talked about earlier, are just going to raise prices. They're going to like, hey, most customers are expecting higher prices because of inflation. They hear yeah, about what inflation. happened? You know, inflation. Hey, it's just inflation. Yeah. And then we talked about this earlier too, labor shortages, yes. causing uh, employers to raise wages, which is a good thing, but who pays for that? The consumer. Right, in the, in the form of price increases. So my prediction is inflation will continue to be high. There you go. Man, that's not really uh, good news there. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on then. All right, so let's talk about the stock market. All right, do you have your crystal ball going now? I've got it going. All right, so really... Um, there were there was a little volatility in 2021, um, but it still was really a gangbuster year for stocks. Twenty six percent, the S and P 500 was up twenty six percent in 2021. There you go. Um, After going up sixteen percent in 2020 by the end of the year. Really? Yes. <laughs> All right. I, I, you know, no one. No one wins in the games of a game of I told you so. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't think the market was going to go. Up 26%. But I knew for a fact that it didn't matter because it was an, an election year, remember, in 2020. That's right? right. That's right. And you know, because you're, you're in this office mm-hmm. also, how many people were worried about Very worried. what was going to happen with the market if yes. somebody took office or if this party took office. And yes. a lot of people were scared. And a lot of people took money off the table because they're like, hey, just going to go down, down, down. Contraire, mon frere. Oh, yeah. The market... Isn't yes. really worried about who's in office. No, they're only worried about the, the Fed the, printing the, money. Right, the <laughs> bottom line. The bottom line is about the bottom line. So, um, really, with all the gains now, they're in the rearview mirror, right? That happened in That's 2020. Right. Um, market prof- uh, market professionals, they I know some of them predict uh, that we're going to return to some sort of sobriety uh, this year. Uh-oh, okay. So, in 2022, my prediction is, is that um, I think – which really should happen anyway, because I've been in this business for, you know, 20, 20 years. And when I initially, you know, was that stock broker, I looked at the thing, uh, when I was looking at companies, I looked at a thing called fundamentals, right? Which are, you know, price What's earnings that? ratio, oh. revenues, uh, what industry a company is in, um, are they making money, so forth or so on. And I'm thinking that we will get back to that in 2022. You're a cup half full kind of person, huh? <laughs> no, well, because of when we do, the only thing about that is, is when we do, I think we're going to see some sort of correction mm-hmm. because there's a lot of companies out there that have been pumped up by just the story of the company. Yes. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> or just a lot of speculation about certain industries, things of that nature. Yeah. And so, you know, my prediction is that we're going to continue can you continue to see a lot of volatility, but I think that the market overall will be flat for the most part. Okay. And we could see a correction. Now, I'm going to give my disclaimer. I'm going to give my disclaimer again. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't, you know, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but when you look at the tea leaves and you look at things that are going on, um, I don't think that, what we saw in 2020, which was 16%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now what we're seeing in 2021, what we saw in 2021, which is 26, is it 26%? Yes. 
Well, for the yes, for the market, twenty six percent. Um, I would dare to say that we're not going to be at those numbers in twenty twenty two. But like I say on the show all the time, if you have a plan. You shouldn't really have to worry about it. Maybe make some minor tweaks, but you shouldn't have to overhaul your whole portfolio. I have a prediction about the other market. What's the other? What's the other market? The blockchain market. Well, it's the, well, yeah, the mar- yeah, stock market, really crypto market. market. Yes, yes but well, I think yes. we're going to continue to see staggering amounts of money running through the blockchain. But yeah, and I think that a staggering amount of people are going to lose money, and a very small few will make any. Yeah. Just like it's been oh, already. Well, yes. Do you know what's uh, really ironic? And, 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 and just really a good example and a good indicator of exactly what happened. In 2021, luxury car maker Bentley oh reported their second year of record sales, meaning well, that in 2020 and in 2021, they had record sales while every other car manufacturer struggled. Well, that's, a, um, that's an issue with the rich getting richer and the biggest divide that's exactly what's been going on that is what we're seeing that 26 percent in the stock market 90 percent of the stock market is owned by the top one percent of americans you got that right and if you didn't know now you know and knowing my friends that's half the battle gi joe all right coming up next we're gonna have more predictions and we're gonna talk about market volatility you're listening to the marcus warren show All right. So, this is Lil Nas X. It is. Yeah. Old Town Road fame. That's right. And uh, he's uh, really has blown up since then. He's not that one-hit wonder people thought he was going to be. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. So, this song is Industry Baby. Uh, Featuring Louisville's yeah, own Jack yeah, Harlow. A, yeah, Jack Harlow on here. It was from Louisville. Um Came out in came out last year. Number one in the U.S., number three in the U.K. So big hit. Oh, yeah. It's not bad at all. That's there it. you go. All right. Welcome back to the show. This is the Marcus Warren Show. And so we're doing our prediction show for 2022. And uh, we've predicted a lot of things. We predicted uh, if there was going to be an end to the pandemic, which we said uh, the answer was Uh, We're cautiously optimistic. We are basically saying yes um, because of where we are from a medical standpoint. Um, And hopefully there's not a curveball thrown, but we're optimistic about the pandemic. The housing market, we basically said that uh, it would cool down um, because of higher interest rates. Uh, But people who rent, (laughs) sorry, it's probably going to go up. And uh, multifamily units will probably do well. Um, labor market, we said that it would still be kind of tight for workers, um, or really for not workers, but for employers uh, trying to find workers. Yeah, for employers um, trying to to find uh, people to fill positions. Um, but towards the end of 2022, we think that that will work itself out. And then we said inflation would still be high. Um, it was six percent last year, predicting. About the same, unfortunately, about the same uh, this year for a number of different reasons. Um, just uh, we think there's a it's a lagging indicator. Um, so we think that costs will continue to go up, especially if if raise if, if uh, wages are still high. Um, we'll probably see um, employers pass that along to the customers. That's right. And then last, the stock market, of course, um, the D's crystal ball over there. Mm-hmm. This is broke, and mine is not working right now, but. We predict uh, uh, volatility in the market moving forward um, with the market potentially being fairly flat uh, to having some sort of correction in 2022. And so speaking of that, um, so what can you do if our last prediction that the uh, markets are going to be volatile and rocky? uh, What can you do to mitigate some of that? Well, I have a I have three. uh, Three uh, specific things that 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 you can look to do. Number one is how about this? If if we have if markets get volatile and markets get rocky, 
this is what you can do. You can tune out the noise and gain a longer-term perspective. So what do I mean by that? So there are numerous television stations, numerous websites, the Google machines, social media channels. They are all dedicated to reporting investment news, unfortunately, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and really, a lot, of these, um, uh, a lot of these information hubs, and I use that loosely, um, there are almost too many to count. And while the media can provide a valuable service on some end, they basically take a short-term outlook. And so as an investor, as someone who is in retirement, close to retirement, you need to have a longer-term perspective, right? And you need to make sure that you have confidence if in your plan, and that is if you have one. So what you want to do is when you, when you start to hear that short-term noise, tune it out, and make sure that you have a long-term plan because your portfolio depends on it. Because I always say this, the market is really emotional. Two emotions drive the market. That is fear and that's greed, right? Fear and greed. And fear is the one that causes most people, and even greed, causes people to do the wrong thing at the wrong times, and they do it all the time. So you can't, you have to tune out the noise because the media, social media, uh, Fox News, CNBC, 24-hour news stations, things like that nature, they focus on the short term. They don't focus on the long term. You, my friend, have to focus on your long-term goals. All right, another thing you can do is if, you, um, if you're diligent and disciplined, you can do this. You can dollar cost average your way into the market. That makes it easier to cope with volatility. So, let me expound on that. So most people are quick to agree that volatile markets, it may present buying opportunities for investors with long-term, uh, high to long-term horizons, right? But mustering that discipline to make purchases during volatile markets, that is what's difficult, right? Because you can't help but wondering, is this really the right time to buy, right? You don't know if when you see your company stock dip, if that's a good time to jump in because is it going to go up from here or will it continue to go down? But dollar cost averaging can reduce a lot of that investment anxiety that you may have, right? Um, if as long as you have some sort of process and you can focus on it. So basically, simply put, dollar cost averaging is basically committing a fixed amount of money at regular intervals into your investment. So you buy more shares when prices are low, right? When prices are low, when things drop down, you're buying low. And then, of course, as prices go up, you're making money. But if you're purchasing, uh, if you're dollar cost averaging into a market that's high, you're buying fewer shares. But over time, your average cost per share may be less than the average price per share, if that makes any sense. But here's the deal. Dollar cost averaging, it involves a continuous, disciplined investment process, right? You have to continue to put it in regardless of fluctuating price levels. So I would say when you're dealing with market volatility, if you're scared, if you have a diligent strategy, a disciplined strategy of just putting money in every month, money in every pay period, then over the long term, it can protect you. Um, not from a declining market. If the market just tanks in general period, then you are subject to, to the ups and downs of the market. But if you're disciplined and you continue buying, you are lowering your cost basis. I think a lot of people excuse me, unknowingly are dollar cost averaging when they contribute to their 401ks every paycheck. Right. And, and, and really, that, 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 that's an excellent point because that's the only way to make money over the long term. Yeah. Because when you're trying to speculate, when you're trying to day trade, mm -hmm. uh, when you're in your, when you're a Robin Hood investor yeah. in your grandma's basement mm -hmm. thinking you're a day trader, yes. that is how you lose money. People make money over the long term. How do they make money over the long term? Just like you said, they have a company retirement plan and they commit 3% each pay period or, you know, each pay period or whatever, 15% each year, whatever it is, but they're putting money in each and every pay period. Your dollar cost averaging your way into the market. It's as simple as that. There you go. All right. And then the last thing is um, when, we're, when we're talking about dealing with market volatility is really watching from the sidelines, it may, it, it actually may cost you. So what do I mean by that? So 
really when markets become volatile, a lot of people, they try to guess when the market's going to bottom out. Oh, they yeah. try to time the market. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, so they, you know, have their money in cash or they park the money in cash and they just wait yeah. because they think they know when do you think I should get, get in. in. Mm-hmm. But just as many investors are slow to recognize, really, when the stock market is going down, a lot of them, it's the same way. They are not able to recognize when the market is in an upward trend until they've missed most of the gains. Now, missing out on these opportunities, it can, <laughs> and I wish, I wish this, you know, we were doing a podcast, a radio show, things of that nature. If we had visuals, mm. we could show you that if you miss the best parts of the market in any given year, your returns will be astronomically different, right? So, um, how about this? So consider this, uh, that on average, for the 12 months that's following the end of a bear market, a market downturn, a fully invested stock portfolio, meaning you didn't make any changes, you have an average total return of 37%. So right, 12 months after a bear market, if you just stayed in, if you didn't sell out, try to time it, 12 months later, the average return, total average return is about 37%. However, if you missed just the first six months of the recovery because you're holding money in cash and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then you wait till the market goes up like most do, by the way, right. mm-hmm. then they jump in. If you missed the first six months, then your return is only 7%. So 37% on one half, you just hold tight and stay in 12 months after a bear market versus waiting, 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 waiting. You wait six months, then you jump in your return is 7%. So just by missing a few months of the stock markets, their best days, it can really put, mm, it can get you on those potential returns. So you cannot time the market. Although most people think that they can. It's so funny. I see this all the time. You know, I'm in a lot of those Facebook financial groups. I see it all the time. People are always posting, man, I have, you know, I have this cash that I've been saving and I've just been trying to find the right time. Should I put it all in all at once? Should I put it in a little bit at a time? What should I do? How should I do it? You think the market's going to drop? The, the market did 26%. They, 2021. Been, yes. And, and they missed that out same, on 26%. That same person is, yes, <laughs> is on they that, did. That, that group yes. just waiting. When should I go in? Should I go yeah. in now? Oh, yes. well, it's already gone up 10%. Do you think I missed out? Yes. Oh, I think I'm going to wait. I think I'm going to wait till it drops back down before I get in. Yes. And then you lose out on 26% that the market did last year. Happens all the time. You can't do that. All right. The last thing I want to predict, predictions 22. All right. So going back to the prediction. So we talked about a volatile stock market, what to do. Our last prediction or taxes. Not a game. We're talking about taxes. Not a game. Not a game. Mm-hmm. Taxes. Hey, it's tax season. Oh, yeah, it is. All right. So what do I think taxes are going to do moving forward? Well, I'll tell you. They're going to go down, right? We, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. The one thing we know is that they're probably not going to go down. Oh, man. Um, we're, we're in the lowest tax environment that we've been in for a long time, just like I always talk about. Taxes are set to go up at the end of 2025. They could go up sooner. Who knows? What you have to worry about are these stealth tax increases that could occur here in 2022. Um, but as far as I know, and I'll let D talk for a little bit about um, some of the things that may be coming down the pipeline for this year. But um, from my perspective, you know, what we're looking at is still trying to plan for higher taxes in the future because that's where things are going. You have to make moves now versus later because taxes, my friends, will be going up. Well, my crystal ball ball is really clear on this one, and that's because uh, this this law was already kind of passed. Um, so the uh, recent administration increased the IRS enforcement budget. So I'm seeing a lot more audits Uh-oh. happening in 2022. Um, uh, mm. They, yeah, that was one of the uh, Biden administration goals was to increase um, because that in recent years the enforcement has decreased, yeah. and so now I'm, I think we're going to see a lot more audits happening in 2022. And I also think um, we're going to see more regulations on what you call funny money. The funny money we were yes, talking about. The, the NFTs, cryptos, the crypto, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. all of that stuff. The yeah. IRS recently started um, 
it's not really funny money, but they implemented a, a tax law, which impacts actually 2022 filing tax season next year, um, which is some more scrutiny in peer-to-peer payment platforms like the PayPal's, the Zelle's, mm-hmm. Venmo's, Cash Apps, um, where those um, institutions will have to report transactions of $600 or more. It used to be $20,000 was oh, wow. the reportable limit, and now it's $600 or more. Yes, and the last point, I know we're running out of time, but yeah, the last point is... Um, crypto mm-hmm. and that funny money. Yes, I think we're going to continue to see volatility there. And especially um, if as there's more talk of regulation comes mm-hmm. in, that's what you can just expect. All right, coming up next, we're going to jump into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. So, to Miley Cyrus. Party in the USA. That's right. Is that what we're going to have for 2022? That's 2022. Is that what you're hoping? This is our prediction. The song came out in 2009. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was uh, number two in the US, number 11 in the UK. There we go. So, we're hoping to get a have a party in the USA for 2022. This is the beginning of the Roaring Twenties. There we go. Well, we're two years into... Yes, we're just going to forget about those two years. Yeah, you know. You know what I did here, though? You know, we, we did predict that the pandemic would subside. Uh-huh. The pandemics usually last. Most of them have lasted about three years. Okay. And this is the third year, 2020, 2021, Alrighty. 2022. Here we go. So this may be the last year. This is it. Of the pandemic. Yes. I hope so. Anyway, welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you got to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. Put in your information and you will receive, what will you receive? You're going to receive a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can order that. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. A lot of good information. Order it and your retirement will be rescued. All right. Um, hey, now's that time. This is the um, is this the first edition that we're going to have of news you can use in 2022. It is. Well, let's get into it. Well, responding to a growing controversy over investing practices, the Federal Reserve announced um, earlier last year or later last year a wide-ranging ban on officials owning individual stocks and bonds and limit on some of their other activities. So the ban, um, ban includes top policymakers, such as those who sit on the Federal Open Market Committee, along with some senior staff, um, and they can no longer have holdings in shares of particular companies. They can't invest in individual bonds, hold agency securities or derivative contracts, and they place uh, uh, the the new rules replace some existing regulations that allowed officials to buy and sell individual stocks. All right, so so we're not talking about politicians; we're talking about just Federal Reserve Fed, executives. Federal Reserve, and that yes. and that makes sense because they you know they have the ability to move markets. Yes. Um, you know when when they trade stuff, and of course they're setting policy. Mm-hmm that uh, yes. can affect the socks that they hold. So right. that makes sense. I know that we kind of had this discussion a little bit earlier as well, but um, on that same, veil, uh, that same vein, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she kind of scoffed at the idea of banning congressional lawmakers and their spouses from owning shares of individual companies. Yeah. And I know you, right. you said, you I know, agree. she said it's a free market economy. They should be able to participate yes, in that. Right. I, I just, I just see a glaring conflict of interest in politicians uh, for the same reason that you just said for the Federal Reserve. They create legislation. They are in control over a very large budget, uh, budget that can impact companies as it has, for example, in the case of SpaceX, which the government has rewarded or awarded uh, a lot of money, millions of dollars right. to SpaceX and, in order and, to and help. A million, and, and a lot of other companies too. It's not just SpaceX, but it can be... Um, you know, well, it, it can be a lot of uh, things. It, military. It can be military. It can be yeah, the military industrial complex. It, it can be, um, you know, subsidies for um, fund, funds that they put aside for minority owned businesses, um, things of that nature. Contracts saying, hey, like the infrastructure yeah. bill. It's like when you give money to a state, 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, a billion dollars has to go to, uh, you have to the use specific. minority mm-hmm. uh, f- uh, firms and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And so what, what, what you're saying is you would, you would limit the ability of any politician, for the mm-hmm. most part, yeah. to hold any stocks? Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> How is it ridiculous? That's they have, they have, there's a, just a glaring conflict of interest. Lawmakers are not, uh, they're not on, they're, they're, they're not, um, they're not business owners because you could say the same thing about people in business because of course, if I am a CEO of a large a fortune 500 yes, corporation, you can say the same thing then about I am also CEOs. talking to yes. other CEOs. I'm in that circle right. and there's a lot of information going around, going around. Yes. And I could easily be manipulating markets, buying stuff, things of that nature. And yes. so then no one who, then who should own stocks? No one. I mean, if, because there's a slippery Everybody slope who does when you not start to do have that. legislative power or power to regulate. So for example, if I knew It's if, not the regulators, if it's I the was re- the speaker of the house and I knew that my in my portfolio I own three million dollars worth of Amazon stock. Right. I might not be so willing to hop on to this bill that's about to regulate how big Amazon can get because I know a big chunk of my, my portfolio has Amazon stock. That's a conflict of interest. It's like inherent conflict of interest. It's not necessarily, I, I see what you're saying, but it's not necessarily a conflict of interest because you do not know how the market will react to certain things like that because the market reacts differently to a lot of different things. It's like when you hear, you know, it's like when you hear a company had um, uh, an earnings call and they beat their projections, but then the stock is down. Like people are like, why, why is that? And yeah, that's, why is that? Well, well, it's it's, for, it's a number of different things, and it's not just legislators. And, and you're assuming that legislat- legislators are the ones who have the biggest control. Well, really, it's the it's the actual uh, people who are in the business who are who are who are owning these. It's Wall Street. Those are the ones who move the markets and have the ultimate control. It just I makes see, the headlines when you hear of a you know a Nancy Pelosi or one of these. You know, other politicians, yes, Mitch McConnell's or so whoever who has made money Mm -hmm. off of these things when really the people who have the most control are the insiders who are really running the companies. But you can't do that because it's a slippery slope and you can't say who can own stocks and who who cannot own stocks. And even if you did, yeah, my then 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 who are we talking about? My cousins, Grant, so Nancy Pelosi's cousins. Uh, stepdaughter can't own anything because right. it could be a direct line to her. Could be. You can't do it. I mean, it might we be. spend a lot of time on this topic. Give me another one. All right. The world's biggest furniture brand, Ikea, I still disagree, but whatever, uh, is raising prices by an average of 9% as it faces increasing costs in transport and raw materials. So they previously said they uh, were leasing more ships, buying containers, and rerouting goods to mitigate some of the supply chain disruptions. I think Amazon did this too when they experienced the supply chain issues Um ended up buying their own ships to circumvent some of the cargo ships that were stuck. Um, But um, they said the prices would go up around 9% on average across their markets and um, just had to raise prices. Like you said, some of the ripple lagging indicators, some of the ripple effects that we're going to continue to see potentially into 2022. Yeah, I I think that that's what we're going to continue to see. I think we're going to continue to see inflation moving forward, which is not a good thing for the markets. So there you go. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Okay, Tesla is recalling more than. 400. By the way, have have you ever um, bought anything from IKEA? What do you think about IKEA? Um, I I've, I have. Their I their like showrooms the are are fabulous. If you ever yeah. been to an IKEA, it's like overwhelming. Um, showroom, it's 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 a a labyrinth of mm-hmm. furniture yeah. and Swedish meatballs. Yes, and that's right. It's amazing. You go through the way they have it set up is genius, and I mean that's why they're they're huge. They and, are huge, but uh, it's very also like organized too. Like everything's you know yeah. the straight lines, the block colors. It's not. It's, it's. I just don't like I have to put everything together. Yeah, you that, do. That's, that that yes. takes you know three or four or five days just to put together a simple shelf. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Mm. Well, you know. there we go. Anyway, keep going. You won't be buying IKEA then. Nope. Especially after they raise their prices. Yeah. Plus, it's you know it's not. 
the most quality mm. furniture. Mm. But Uh-oh. that's my opinion. All anyway, right. go ahead. Tesla is recalling more than 475,000 cars, which, I mean, is this all of their cars that are out on the market right now? Uh, for potential problems that may increase the risk of accidents, there's two defects in question that were caused by design or design manufacturing, pro- uh, prompting them to recall some of their cars. Uh, one of the issues affects 2017 through 2020 Tesla Model 3 S's. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is for Model S sedans 2014 or later. That's a lot of cars. It's a... Um, for Tesla's... Uh, yeah. For Tesla, specifically. Yeah, yeah it is because, you know, even though you know the stock price is, is crazy and... Um, Not correlated to and, the company. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you see a lot of... Well, I don't know if you see a lot of Teslas on the street in comparison, but... Um, yeah, to have that many recalled, it is like probably a third of their fleet, right? right? Mm-hmm. But okay. you know, stock's higher than ever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Not impacting. That's the way it is. All right. Thank you, D, for that news you can use. And you knew if we left you with that, that would be enough. But we got to give you more. And we got to give you more of what you want. And you all want the news you can't use. <laughs> Twenty twenty two edition. All right. A trio of Kansas sisters are celebrating after the youngest of them just celebrated her hundredth birthday. So they're all three one hundred years or older. Oh. Mm. Frances, her her the youngest, her name is Frances. She celebrated her one hundredth birthday last year on uh, November eleventh, following the footsteps of her sister Julia, who's one hundred and four, and Lucy, who's a hundred and two years young. Wow. She said, I'm thankful for us girls being together all this time. Um, and she said, um, you know, how did how did you manage how'd y'all manage to live yeah. so long? What, she what, said Well, we eat well, we pray and we try to stay out of mischief. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, nothing about their diets or exercise or anything. They just, eat well. They just pray and stay out yeah. of mischief. Yeah. All right. Well. Stay out of trouble. All right. That's well. how you live to 100 plus. Well, now I know. They all did it. Now I learn. And? All right. Mm-hmm. Let's keep, keep it moving. Okay. We're a pair of <laughs> Vietnamese acrobats, they reclaimed a Guinness World Record when one of them, here, listen, climbed 100 stairs outside of a Spanish cathedral with the other one balanced on his head. He climbed up a hundred stairs with his twin brother balanced on his head. How is that even a world record? That is stupid. Like that, that makes, that's not, that's not even anything. They accomplished the feat in only 53 seconds. Who cares? That's not even anything. That's a accomplishment. That's just saying, hey, I'm going to go up these stairs and I'm going to hold a hard-boiled egg in each hand yeah. and hop on one foot. I mean, um, and then it's like, oh, that's a world record. Yeah, because nobody thinks about doing something stupid like that. Yeah, it wouldn't be as cool as having your twin brother balanced on top of your head. That's Oh, that's cool to you because that is ridiculous well, to me. Um cooler than two eggs. Anybody can do that. Anybody, that people do well, that then, in the backyard. Well, no. Uh, can they, though? Yeah. Then, then, why, then why haven't they? The and eggs? The, the whole egg thing balance? about the world record mm-hmm. is the fact that they have to go up in a certain amount of time. Yes. So with two eggs hopping on one leg up 100 flights of stairs or whatever it was, yeah. 100 stairs. Yeah. I did it in 53 seconds. Somebody would have to do it in 52. Yeah, to break like your that. record. Anyway. There you go. That, my friend, was a definite good 2022 start off of news you can't use because that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Not you, the story. I know. Yes. And we all know what that music means. It means it's come to, to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.